1: Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry
0: Voice begins now. Hello, thanks for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, and I'm the com- Communications Manager at the National Cannabis Industry Association. Today, I'm happy to introduce my guest, who's a very active member of NCIA, Janine Moss. She's the founder of the com- company Anna and Outfront Solutions. Also, is the chair of NCIA's Marketing and Advertising Committee. Janine's a product and brand development specialist and entrepreneur, and she's shepherded numerous organizations and brands through worldwide crises. She acted as chief communications officer for the September 11th fund after the terrorist attacks and has supported crisis operations for international nonprofits like the American Red Cross, bringing lots with her to the cannabis industry. Welcome to the show, Janine. Well, thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here with you. Yep, thanks for jumping on. I I see you at what would be NCIA events that have all been postponed for later in the year as we get through this crisis. Uh, So speaking of crisis, let's... uh, I I hinted in the introduction that you've already got some experience in some crises scenarios. So, so let's go back and talk about your background and your experience more and the kinds of work you did before getting involved
2: in this super fun cannabis industry. Oh, great. So I am a communicator at heart since I was a little girl. And by trade, I'm really a branding and product development specialist. But even in that role, I was drawn into a crisis through my work with New York City and the September 11th Fund. So I was responsible for the strategy and implementation of the communications effort for the September 11th Fund, which was up till now one of the most significant global uh, crises. Um, this, this was the charitable fund that had $535 million. And so I was brought in a few weeks after the attacks to design the communications to reach victims, families, and communities who, who were affected, as well as donors, directors, grantees, government officials, and a global media audience and um, and I worked for New York City for 10 years handling worldwide tourism market. So we had uh, an awful lot of crises during that time from crack addicted rats as big as cats invade Manhattan to the Rodney King demonstrations and the first bombing of the World Trade Center in 93. So what I really love to do is build things. So whether it's working with an entrepreneur to launch a new product or overcoming obstacles to growth or innovating a new product or service to solve a problem or putting together a go to market strategy for new technologies, that's really where my my passion lies. Got it. And
0: sometimes the best thing you can do when there's a crisis or a conflict is use your words, right? Communicate.
2: Communicate, communicate,
0: communicate. Step number one: Use your words. <laughs> Great, thank you so much for sharing that background. It's uh, there's a lot of intense events that just come in waves, I suppose, over time. Um, lots of lessons to learn. Uh, so you here, you are involved in the cannabis industry and the movement, uh, as this industry also is. What made you move into into this space here, which is? Still federally illegal. That's that's kind of the big thing going on
2: here with, with us. Well, I am a lifelong member of this cannabis movement. Um, I grew up in Venice Beach, California. So starting from a really young age, cannabis was part of our lifestyle. And I had no idea that it was anything but perfectly acceptable for everyone. So, you know, I merrily consumed in California and in my 20s, I moved to New York City to work on Madison Avenue and immediately found out that that was not this, you know, it was a very conservative place. So oh, yeah. I had way more I, uptight. Yeah. <laughs> so I learned all these tricks to being discreet. I could go on for days about that. But, I, you know, I worked for some of the most conservative companies on the planet back East. And so I got really good at it. And that's what led me to create Annabe, which was the, is the first chic and discreet line of odor-proof fashion accessories to carry cannabis and um, And just quickly, the way I we came, I came to it was I was out with a group of baby boomers, and we were going into a comedy club. And somebody said, "Hey, we all love cannabis. Why don't we have some before we go in?" So you know, we're sitting in a Mercedes, we're pulling baggies out of a Louis Vuitton purses, and we can't find our lighters. And you know, finally, we get it. We do the deed, and now we're in a hot box car, and everybody's going, "Oh my gosh, we can't go in and meet our colleagues like that." So we start looking for mints and perfumes. and I said, you know, wait a second, we need something nice to carry our cannabis in. You know, this is the style in the style to which we've been, become accustomed. So I went online to find something and there was nothing there. And that's why I started Annaby at the end of 2015 and got into this business. And I just want to add to that, whenever I get into a new industry, and I'm very industry agnostic, I've been in a lot, I always join the top association. And um, I I need to know everything to do my job well. So I found NCIA and that was when I joined and that's how long I've been a member. That's
0: amazing. Thank you. Thank you, Janine. Which brings me to another company that you have been contributing some of your time to NCIA with, Outfront Solutions. And there's also this great crisis communications strategy webinar surrounding the coronavirus pandemic uh, that you and, Uh, your partner, Nicole DeMeo, did. So that's an available resource on NCIA's website. Just look for our webinars uh, to check that recording out in case you missed the live uh, webinar. So uh, let's talk about... Outfront Solutions and what's going on with with the company, especially right now. I bet
2: uh, bet you're pretty busy. (laughs) We are. So, you know, over all these years, I I worked with Nicole DeMeo, who's my business partner in Outfront Solutions, and we've worked on many, many of these crises together. So after the COVID-19 crisis, you know, started arising, we realized that it was going to be something big. Um, She said, you know what, we need to start a firm and we need to share what we know and help company, companies and nonprofits map their course from easing the strain on employees right now to encouraging compliance as people prepare to return to work, and then helping companies get ready for new growth, which is absolutely ahead. It's coming. So that's what we're doing, and we're very swamped right now in the day-to-day um, we're working on, um, you know, uh, on brand strategies for people, taking a look and mapping their values and their um, missions and such to how they're going to address this crisis, you know, and what role they and their stakeholders can, pl- can play, right? Um, and, uh, you know, I think that, uh, you know, So so we're doing messaging, we're doing strategy, we're doing scenario planning, we're part of a an international consortia of uh, crisis responders so that we can all help each other, people who can procure things that are hard to get, people who are on the psychology side, and we're all working together to get messages out, and to your point before, communicate, 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 because... You know what? Nature abhors a vacuum. And if you are not filling that vacuum with real facts and truths, um, then people are going to do it for you. So it's really important to be part of the conversation, to be visible and to be remembered for doing the right thing right now. That is so true. Uh, yes,
0: and words words are so important. Um, me as a poet, surprised I would say something like that. And as a communications <laughs> person, but um, I, for example, I was listening to here in Colorado our governor Jared Polis, great champion for cannabis, by the way, when when he was in in the house as well. Um, so we're very happy to have a pro cannabis governor here in Colorado. But he has been addressing the public. Um, you know, I'm watching on Facebook live stream what's going on here in the state with coronavirus. And he continues to use the words um, emotional health, spiritual health, uh, social health. He seems to really be using emotive language and em- empathetic language surrounding not just the economy and the dollars, right? Uh, but he he's, he's very much taking an effort to address our emotional, our mental health, our well-being. So that is really refreshing. And what made me think of that was when you were talking about the crisis communications professionals community and there being a psychological side to it. So uh, before we head to our next commercial break, um, w- any more thoughts on on the psychology side of this crisis
2: communications? Well, I do want to say something. First of all, all the words that you used as a poet and as quoting your governor, um, they were all about health. Isn't that awesome? He wasn't saying you need counseling. He was saying that our overall health is really important. And loneliness is a real factor. Like 47% of Americans were reporting being lonely prior to this. Imagine how they're feeling now. I mean, we're getting a lot of those stories. So helping people feel calm, Calm and in control. I mean, crises make you feel out of control. What can I do? I'm being, you know, it makes you feel almost victimized. Anyway, yeah. the point is that um, there's always stuff that you have control over your reaction, not the crisis, but your reaction. And happy to talk more about that anytime absolutely yeah the
0: extroverts are not doing okay right now check on your extroverts okay (laughs) we're gonna we're gonna take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back to chat more with janine moss so stay tuned we'll be right back ncia's cannabis industry voice will return
1: once we give a voice to our sponsors elevate your every day with that suggy's feeling with the sweet taste of suggy's add a cup of suggy's to your morning coffee how sweet it is. Sugis infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Sugis now at s-h-o-o-g-i-e-s dot com. Or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat.
3: natural substances produce the results that cbd is producing in the animals that we are
2: testing on
1: it's a dog's life with angela ardellino only on cannabis radio
3: hey take a look at this they're selling smart pots (laughs) they have pot that can make you smart where is it not that kind of pot Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com.
1: Get informed, get
3: inspired,
1: and get connected with more of NCIA's cannabis industry voice only on CannabisRadio.com.
0: All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio, and we've been getting to know Janine Moss, who is the chair of NCIA's Marketing and Advertising Committee, uh, which is a group of NCIA members uh, from various companies that are coming together to pull together their expertise, pull together their knowledge, and to educate the cannabis industry on various topics including, very relevant right now, crisis communications. So I mentioned earlier that you uh, and Nicole appeared on an NCIA webinar, an educational webinar about crisis communications during the time of COVID-19 uh, because of your background in crisis management. And you've also spearheaded a publication, a manual through that committee as well, our marketing and advertising committee about crisis communications. So that's available. In our industry reports section of the NCIA website as well. So I want to talk more about that in general, uh, about crisis communications, a big picture stuff, why companies need to actually integrate plans, maybe in advance before the crisis happens uh, of, of an unwanted crisis that could inevitably happen.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, um, the re- that I, we created that manual in, I'm going to say, 2018. And the reason we did is because, again, as I said, getting involved in the industry, I looked at it and I said, oh, my God, if there's a crisis and we don't handle it well, um, then it, it really damages. I know how much it can set back in industry. So the minute I said it, everybody on the uh, committee went, absolutely, let's do it. So we put together a group and we created this manual to give companies a leg up when crisis Happens. That's what this is all about. If you had the manual prior to this crisis, you would have already had your response team. You would have already known your chain of command in terms of sharing information and decision making. You would have had tools already ready, like a website that you could just turn on that would be delivering COVID 19 messages. You would have known what you were going to do with your social and how you're going to distribute it and you'd even have had templates to create the kind of messaging you need and checklists to make sure you had done it all. Wow, so that is so organized. <laughs> that also that is incredible. Well, here's something else. 62% of the businesses in the United States had such a manual, but guess what? They hadn't dusted it off in like 3 years, right? So and they'd never actually uh, brought people together to go through it and pretend that a crisis had actually happened. So it was almost as if they didn't. So let me just give a plug for this. If you, it's not too late to do this now. You can make sure that you're on track, right? Check all the things, uh, check boxes. But Take this manual, create your plan and look at it once a year with your team and actually go through through some uh, exercises of imagining scenarios that could occur that would affect your business like this one. And you'll really uh, build a team and you'll be so much ready and so much more confident and calm, speaking to our healthcare issues, uh, when crisis does strike. Wow, I
0: loved all those examples of preparedness that you listed off. That was really impressive. Um, preparedness, yes, it's it's incredible. So with this global pandemic, um, it's a very specific kind of crisis. Um, there's other types of crises, but let's focus on this one. It's a health issue. Um, so there's specific issues to tackle. What are the what's the framework here? that we should be operating in
2: uh, that might be different from different types of crises. Well, you know, the actual frameworks are not so much what changes. What changes is the reality on the ground and how you are going to um, execute against them, right? So there's stages that crises go through. This one will go through those same ones from early warning to escalation to decrease to stabilization. That's all gonna happen, right? But in this uh, crisis, we have this really high levels of fear, anxiety, uncertainty, and long periods of uncertainty, the loneliness, right, that we talked about. You also have this incredible supply chain disruption and severe and immediate negative economic impact. Mm -hmm. So, we really have real different things that, as everybody's been saying, we've never seen before. But, you know, uh, I'm going to also say, so we need to deal with all those things, and that's what we're doing through our crisis work with various, you know, agencies and such. But I also want to say in our industry, you know, there's been some really interesting developments, like being deemed an essential service in some states, right? Right. But even if you're an essential service in some states, it's a huge challenge to get employees to produce, distribute, and sell your goods. And standard operating procedures are out the window. And sometimes it's changed completely and with the um, approval of regulators, right? So we also have them, and here's some other bad stuff, is we have an added burden of a total lack of trust for our government, institutions, businesses, mm-hmm. and media. That means everybody, right? Mm-hmm. And um, if you want to learn more about that, there's a 2020 Edelman Trust Barometer that'll give you some ideas. So here's my read on it. <laughs> here's my read on it. as as a, as a uh, If you represent a business... Your, client, your employees and customers are very close to you and they're looking at you now. You have an opportunity to, to establish this trust and loyalty now. And the way you can do that is through frequent, consistent, and honest communications. And, you know, if, if you do that, the trust and loyalty you build now is going to last far beyond the end of this crisis. Um, I also want to say... Uh, that it for industry-specific and crisis-specific to our industry, is that we are going to have the opportunity to change some of the things that have inhibited our industry thus far as a result of this crisis. Um, I've honestly never seen a crisis that didn't have things that you could do that were going to be extremely beneficial, right? So... As the crisis moves into the stages and and we start stabilizing and recovering, we're going to be able to talk about why we're an essential service in regulators' eyes and with that validation. Mm -hmm. And we're also going to be able to make points about why legalization is better than the illicit market for public health and safety. I mean, it's becoming clearer every day. And operationally, it's highly likely we're going to be able to keep some of those things like curbside delivery, right? And, and, you know, frictionless delivery. So uh, on that side, that's part of what we do in our crisis communications when we look ahead and we start talking about growth, Right. Oh, yeah. Where are we now? Where are we going to be when we bring people back to work? And now, how can we communicate uh, in a valuable way to advance the things that we need to advance for our industry? It's very interesting to think about not
0: only getting through the crisis and being, you know, as whole and complete and above water by the time the crisis is over, but to then look at opportunities to do something positive or further or look at, yeah, like, I, I, can you imagine having a crisis communicat- communications manual, I was thinking, uh, that was written before Zoom meetings were a thing. Um, before we had the technology. Maybe it was written 15 years ago. And now Zoom meetings uh, and other video conferencing technology platforms are absolutely central to a lot of businesses continuing to function. So it it is very interesting to think about the positive impacts uh, Mm -hmm. after a crisis. Uh, And I think it's very difficult for people to think beyond just getting through the worst part and to think forward to planning ahead so that, that's really interesting to think about. and I wonder if there's any other types of examples of crises that a company could encounter that they would develop plans for that you might've seen over the years that are common that you could, that you could share with our audience or maybe even a very unusual example.
2: <laughs> well, give, I'll mention a couple. I mean, we've already had the vape crisis and I don't think that's over. So there's more to be done on that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing is uh, crisis scenarios can, should be thought of, you know, uh, specifically to the business that you're in. Uh, for example, when I was trained, uh, we were, and it, with Tourism. Our scenario was a terrorist hijacking of a tourist bus, but I will tell you about my very first crisis because that was actually kind of hilarious. Um, it was I had I was a newly hired director for New York City tourism, and appearing on the front page of the New York Post is this gigantic picture of a rat with a little tiny crack vial next to it, with a gigantic headline that says "Crack Addicted Rats as Big as Cats Invade Manhattan." Oof. Now, we might have all kind of thought that was funny, except that it ran in every Murdoch paper around the world. And so suddenly everybody's canceling their trips, right? We're and, and panicked operators and agents are calling us and, and we could never have guessed that one, right? So we quickly went to the, I quickly went to the health experts and I like said, okay, now what's the story on the rats? What about crack addiction? I gathered all the facts, which is the first thing you should always do in any crisis, by the way. But it was so far-fetched and it was so not true that we decided to go for a both expert and humorous approach. So I got the health officials of the time to say something to the effect of it was like, we've heard of pink elephants and pigs that can fly, but we've never seen anything like these rats as big as cats. And, you know, it just killed it. It stopped it. We did a little bit more artfully, but it just stopped it in its tracks. People rebooked and I got a sterling silver rat pin as a reward from my boss. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Who knew that even makes sterling silver rat pins? Too funny.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, we're going to take our last commercial break here and then we'll be right back to finish our conversation with Janine Moss. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice
1: to our sponsors.
3: Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now Bought a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is himping, that's the point Download and play while you like yourself a joint
1: Hey, it's Nick Hexum from 311 and you're listening to Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina on CannabisRadio.com.
3: The National Cannabis Industry Association presents the 2020 Cannabis Caucus Event Series from March 10th through March 26th. Don't miss this exclusive opportunity for NCIA members to network, learn about regional issues from influential guest speakers, and get the latest news about NCIA's federal policy work and emerging topics. Look for this year's only tour of Cannabis Caucus events coming to Portland, Denver, St. Louis, Detroit. Chicago, Newark, Sacramento, and Los Angeles this March. Stay connected, get informed, and take action to protect our industry and your business. Register now for your complimentary tickets at thecannabisindustry.org events.
1: Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com.
0: All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore. And we've been learning a lot about crisis communications and strategies that cannabis companies can take both in general and as well as what's relevant to going on in the world right now. Um, so Janine, that crisis communications manual that you mentioned, it's in our industry reports section of our website and the webinar I talked about that you just recently did uh, here in April, 2020. That's in our webinar section of our website. Lots of great content. Uh, I, I i wonder if you have a final tip to share uh, with with our listeners about what their takeaways should be uh, from crisis communications here?
2: Well, I'd say uh, my final tip is that this isn't a unique time when people are actually listening to you. So, you have an opportunity to communicate, you know, honestly, factually, and compassionately. And you have an opportunity to tell people in detail your story about why you're addressing the crisis the way you are. And um, you have an opportunity to engage your whole company and your stakeholders and yourself in being part of the solution. So I highly recommend that you do that. And I highly recommend that you look forward and start planning for how are you going to bring people back to work? It's going to require a lot of communications. How are you going to get them to comply with new rules and understand SOPs and start planning for growth? Gotcha. Absolutely. Sounds like a lot
0: of training and meetings at first to adjust to the new realities, I think, for a lot of people. A lot of adjustment. Mm -hmm. Yep. So um, bigger picture stuff, in in 2020 is NCIA's 10-year anniversary as an organization, very exciting. Um, So we're kind of taking some big picture reflections on where we were 10 years ago um, and how far we've come, and and also to look ahead to the future, uh, which is, is something sounds like you get to do often in your work about where industry is going as well and where it's going to be in 2030. So I wonder, I wonder if you have any thoughts about uh, the past, present, and the future of the cannabis industry.
2: Wow. Well, listen, 10 years ago, I was actually working for the Department of Defense. And every time I walked into my office at the uh, Pentagon, I did wonder whether they were going to test me. They never did. Um, But I was extremely discreet. Uh, but what I was involved in, uh, it's actually interesting, it was a communications audit. Um, They knew that there were problems with their communications, but they didn't know what they were and they didn't know how to make changes. Um, You can't just go say, hey, this is wrong. You have to have a lot of proof. So we did this enormous audit of their communications to see whether they, how they were communicating, whether it was compassionate, whether it was clear, whether it was focused, and it really helped Mm. set them on a strategic path. So that's what I was doing to years ago. Uh, And as far as the industry, I wasn't that involved. I was, I was certainly consuming as usual. Nice, Uh, But in, in regard to the future, um, I'll tell you what I see in 10 years from now, I see us all uh, going to a restaurant and being able to consume right there at the table. And it's no big deal. In certain restaurants In other restaurants, there's a smoking area for us, right? I see us not, it's not, you know, I see us all kinds of food. It's not just certain kinds of foods. It's not just some, some kind of culture. It's part of our lifestyle. You know, we're probably going to be wearing some hemp clothes. I think we're going to be seeing a lot more hemp used in all of the paper products, etc. But it's not going to be a big deal. Nobody's been going, oh, my God, that's hemp. or oh, my God, <laughs> we're smoking cannabis. No, none of that. It's just part of our life. It's no big deal. It's a thing that we do, not a thing that we are. That's what yeah. I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's great. I love the way you put that as well. Uh, Well, we're down to our last minute or so here of the show. So I quickly want to share that our 10th annual Cannabis Industry Lobby Days in Washington, D.C., which was scheduled for mid-May, has, as you can guess, been postponed and rescheduled for September. And additionally, our 7th annual Cannabis Business Summit and Expo which is in San Francisco at the Moscone Center. That was originally scheduled for June, also postponed to September, late September, the 29th through October 1st. So there's more information about all of those events on NCIA's website, www.thecannabisindustry.org. While you're there checking out the future events that we're all looking forward to being at this September and beyond, and maybe even sooner. We'll see. We're all hopeful. Uh, There's lots of resources on NCI's website right now. We have a COVID-19 resources section available uh, to check out. We have a presidential scorecard. That's something that's happening later this year uh, and and now uh, for you to check out where the top two presidential candidates stand on cannabis policy reform. There's a congressional scorecard in there as well. So I hope people will check that out and find out where people in their states stand uh, on cannabis. And, lots of podcasts, webinars, and industry reports. So definitely check out NCI's website right now while you're at home in front of your computer. Check it out, thecannabisindustry.org. And Janine, thank you so much for all the content you've also been providing to NCI. It's a lot of really helpful information, uh, insight, lessons that uh, you know, we're all hungry for for that. So thank you for contributing.
2: Where can people find out more about Outfront Solutions? Well, on our website, which is www.outfront.solutions, no com. So outfront.solutions, and you'll find everything about us and you can get in touch. And I invite anybody, you know, shoot me a question. I love to know what you're facing and and, you know, stay aware of what's happening on the ground. Thank you again, Janine, for being on the show and thanks
0: everyone for tuning into another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Until next time.
3: expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.
0: With the Lucky Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.